0: Welcome to Building Better Businesses. I'm Kristen Dees, founder of Catalyst Consulting, an agency that helps small businesses and entrepreneurs start, grow, and level up their businesses. This podcast will bring you interviews with experts in all things business-related. Have questions for a business attorney? We've got answers. How about your health insurance? Got you covered there, too. New episodes coming your way every week. Find us on the podcasting platform of your choice. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Building Better Businesses with Catalyst Consulting. My guest today is Carly Myers, um, inventor of the Stress Less Method and my current coach, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, We met through Polkadot Powerhouse originally. Actually, we met through Christine Trumbull, who was also a guest on here. Um, I don't think her episode's gone live yet. But anyway, yeah. So she was like, I feel like you guys have the same energy and would really appreciate each other. And then... We did. And it turns <laughs> out we swear almost the same amount, probably. <laughs> it's one, one of my favorite things about you, um, especially as my coach. I can just be like, let it all out. But um, anyway, thanks for, thanks for joining me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, yeah.
1: Tell us a little bit about Carly. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, you already introduced my business or my at least the stress less method. I'm the founder and leader here at the stress less company. And what I do is I help business owners who are overworked and exhausted find that that sense of peace and freedom that they desire, all while uh, hitting those financial goals that they want to hit while working less, which is pretty, pretty dope. Um, But on a personal level, Uh, Some things that I love to do. I love to garden. I love all things like uh, (laughs) this is going to sound interesting, but like almost doomsday prepping. I love food (laughs) preparation. I love canning. I love like what rope should I have in my pocket at all times to survive if I were dropped somewhere random. Um, So that's a little tidbit about some things that I'm interested in right now.
0: Nice. Like survivalist yeah. kind of. Survivalist.
1: Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah. sounds
0: a little bit less crazy than doomsday. <laughs> Sorry if you're a doomsday prepper, but I feel like you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Because you probably also don't say doomsday prepper when you tell people what your hobbies are. But um, yeah.
1: My hobby is yeah. just preparing for the end of the world. You for, know? The, for the apocalypse.
0: <laughs> Good to know. So all I have to do is get across the country to Carly's house and I'll be okay. Um, I know some people with you know, weaponry and stuff along the way, probably too. <laughs> it's fine.
1: Yeah. So um, at that. least I will say like food preservation is up my alley. And if you want food, don't show up at my house. Cause I'm not sharing if it actually is Tuesday, <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise good. come on over.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's good. My mom's into that stuff too. Like she's always been, it's kind of like the, like pioneer woman stuff, like, mm. you know, um, growing a garden and then canning the fruits of your actual labor and all that kind of stuff too. So
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Didn't wasn't there some some bad stuff about Pioneer Woman? Not to get I feel like bit.
0: the actual like if you're talking about the actual company, yeah. I feel like there was something. We'll have to oh. Google that. Conversation <laughs> we'll for to another you other time. Yeah fact, yeah, fact check episode coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right though. Um something shady. So sorry if it's not true. Anyway, um yeah, so <laughs> What's your background? How did you end up? I forget how you ended up doing what you're doing now.
1: Okay. Yeah. Can of worms, first of all. Sure. 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 Yep. Um, A little bit of a trigger warning as well. So um, I actually got into this line of work because of something that happened to me when I was about 12 years old, believe it or not. Um, So around the time that I was 12, a man was actually murdered in my home and my mom was shot three times. Um, And... Uh, It was, I guess, for context there, my parents, things weren't working out between my parents and they decided to get separated. And, uh, you know, as we do when we go through breakups, separations or divorces, like when we're ready, we start dating again. And that's exactly what my mom did. Um, And she started dating a bad apple. Uh, She realized it pretty quickly, broke it off and again, started dating somebody else. And uh, the problem was, is that bad apple never fully let go. And so he was the one who broke into my childhood home, killed her new boyfriend and tried to kill her. Uh, Yeah. So I tell you all of this because, um, well, first and foremost, my mom survived. Uh, She wasn't supposed to. It was pretty much a miracle, but she she made it. And if you saw her today, you'd have absolutely no idea. Um, But I really struggled for a long time. You know, I struggled with the symptoms of PTSD, with stress, with with night terrors, with jumpiness. I mean, you name it, I was probably struggling with it. And um, it took me a while before I opened up with people and shared what was going on in my life. Um, And when I finally got the courage to open up, I said things to people like, you know, hey, I'm feeling a little stressed or I'm feeling a little overwhelmed or I'm kind of struggling right now. And I would ask people for advice. And it was like clockwork i got the same five or so responses every single time you know hey carly have you tried therapy have you tried yoga have you tried meditation when's the last time you hit the gym like hey you should probably try changing up your diet you know like all of these things where um i was just basically like what do you think i've been living under a rock like, no shit, Sherlock <laughs> and and um you know some of the stuff worked a little bit i have to i have to give credit to some of those things um but none of that stuff really got me over the hump where i was experiencing things like you know uh those beautiful states of mind right the the joy the silliness the goofiness the contentment the groundedness that i knew was possible um and in the same breath i kept getting the same message from everyone around me um so i would say i would start to respond to those conversations be like. I'd be like, well, meditation isn't really working for me. And it was like clockwork. Again, I got the same sort of responses. It didn't matter what the modality was. It was like, well, you haven't found the right meditation or you haven't found the right teacher or you're just not doing it right. Or that just proves you need to do it more, right? And from my perspective, I was like, well, this is just that advice in and of itself is unhelpful because I thought that there was something wrong with me. And right? I thought that there... Uh, that I wasn't doing it right, that maybe there was something fundamentally wrong with me. And as a result, I ended up struggling for more than 10 years. And it was, you know, 10 years before I finally figured out what worked for me. And it was at that point where I was relieved, but I was also like oh my god like why isn't anybody talking about this I kind of threw a temper tantrum I was angry I was like what the actual what the actual I'm gonna edit myself here right like are you kidding me why isn't anybody talking about this and then it hit me like a ton of bricks after I was done throwing my temper tantrum that I was supposed to be the one that was talking about this and here we are nice yeah Yeah.
0: that is a good uh what did you say? It wasn't rabbit rabbit show. The long story. Yeah. Because um, I think, I mean, everyone kind of, ha- yours is obviously a little bit more traumatic of an origin story than most, or at least what most people share. You know, like some people probably have some stuff that they just don't really talk about. Sorry, my dog is, you know, it's the story of our lives these days. Your dog coughs, mine just jingles. Um, <laughs> 100%. Yeah. He gets very restless. And so now he's just like wandering around. I'm like, dude, lie down. You're killing me anyway. Um, but yeah, so I, I think the common thread amongst pretty much all entrepreneurs is that there is some sort of, you know, little drunk ladybug journey to where you are mm-hmm. now. And, um, yeah, finding, finding your, your purpose and what you're supposed to bring to the world. And that's an important part of it. And sometimes some shitty stuff has to happen first, I think. Totally. totally. Or at least you made something out of it, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate you figuring out all the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So um, let's see. It's a hard segue. Um, What are some, what are some common challenges that you see business owners working with when it comes to running their businesses, like the common things that maybe people come to you for?
1: Yeah. So I would say hands down, um, the folks that come to me, they're usually coming to me for one, at least one of the top reasons is they're coming to me because they're exhausted. They know that they have a deep sense of purpose. They know that they're meant to make a huge impact on the world. And yet there's something incongruent, right? They're, They're like doing that they're they're like following their to-do list they're they're going 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 they're hustling 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 they're following the you know the big mindset that's following on that's like everywhere on social media that's saying push push go when they're taking a break on the weekends keep going you're gonna beat them and it's just that mindset that the folks that i work with they they end up burning out on and so it's they're working but yet the results are not there whether it's the results of feeling fulfilled or the results of of financial, it's just not happening.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's one of the things too, that we've talked about is like, I um, am tired all the time. (laughs) And so that's, that's definitely a key thing for me too, which I think is also sometimes a symptom of burnout. I think that's pretty common for a lot of us. Mm -hmm. And like you're saying, it's just like the, the hustle culture, like just work harder, just work harder and you'll get more, you'll just work more hours. Just, um, you know, sacrifice more of your life. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't think that's the right answer. So yeah, here I am.
1: Let's just do that one last task and everything will be better. And, and yet there's yeah. that voice inside our heads that tells us that that's not true. And we know it, but we want it to be, we want it to be true so badly. Cause I know that was the way it was for me. Like I would look at my to-do list and be like, I just have to get this done because if it doesn't get done, the, the biggest fear I had was where things were going to fall apart. Like my business was going to fail. I wasn't going to achieve the mission or the purpose I was put on earth here to do, you know, it's just, there's a lot going on between the exhaustion, the burnout, the the little voice inside the head, the whole nine yards.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's also, I mean, we've talked about that. This is what we're, uh, <laughs> spirit animals <laughs> or something You're You're my patronus. I'm yours. I don't know. But, uh, it's the, um, yeah, the, I, the belief that I'm on this earth to change the world in some way, like, I mean, it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be the entire world, but I would like to change a large part of it. Um, And the fear that I'm just like not doing enough to do that. And like that, I'm just, Mm -hmm. if I just worked 18 hours a day, it would be fine. Um, And I don't do that now. Like we've talked about that too. Like, I feel like I have a pretty good schedule work-life balance uh, you know, mm-hmm. what it takes up in, in my brain is totally different. So, um, what are some, so like when people are kind of trying to work through this process, what are some red flags that like people should be looking for when they're trying to kind of figure out their stressors or triggers or like those, the things, the, the cycle, the story you tell yourself, et cetera, like what should they look for?
1: Um, so I would say, this kind of ties back to the stress-less method that you mentioned at the beginning of this episode, right, where um, the first step of the stress-less method is is manage your energy. That's huge. Um, if we are in fight, flight, or freeze mode, if we're triggered, if we are burnt out, et cetera, right, we, we basically lose access to effectively solve problems. We lose access to effective critical thinking. Um, so it's, you know, one red flag that we see is that we're making stupid decisions. Like we look back and we're like, why did I do that? Why am I self-sabotaging? We don't know it in the moment that maybe we're self-sabotaging, but we can look back and be like, that's self-sabotage, that's self-sabotage. Or we can look back and have no idea why we're not getting the results that we want. Those are all red flags. Um, but really step two in the stress less method is to identify your blocks and, this is really the the deep work of the work that i do with my clients um and and what it really starts with just to give us a little cliff or a little uh peek into what i do with my clients is that it starts with really identifying every single little thing that is creating a a negative state of mind so every little thing in your life that You know, past, present and even future that's creating anxiety, that's creating fear, that's creating despondency or sadness, that's creating frustration, stress, you know, everything. And what I do with my clients is we look at all of those those instances and we start to dig deeper. What basic human needs are being threatened by these? Maybe they're still being met, but what are what are being threatened here? Why do these things bother us so much? What's the root? What's Because, you know, a lot of folks will come to me and they'll say, Carly, I need more money, or I need more time, or I need more X, Y, and Z. And my immediate response is, well, that's great, and, and I want that for you, but that's not the problem. That's not the real block, right? Because people come to me and they'll say, Carly, the reason I'm struggling is because I don't have money. And I'm like, mm-mm there's a deeper reason why you're struggling and why you don't have money. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, in that place that we have the opportunity to grow and move, you know, through the following steps of the stress less method, where we create the plan to remove those blocks, where we actually remove those blocks one by one, where we have the opportunity to, you know, really step into embracing grace, which is walking the walk, talking the talk, having these, these blocks removed and also removing the ones that come up by circumstance, you know, there maybe we're in a different life situation where something pops up. Um, but in doing this inventory, what all of my clients really end up seeing is they end up seeing a really deep ingrained pattern. So for me personally, when I first did this block inventory, the first thing that came up, fear of abandonment every issue, almost, I won't say every, almost every issue, 78% of the things that came back on my block inventory all came back to a singular block. And it was that I was behaving in self sabotaging ways because I was afraid of being abandoned. Mm. Now that's my personal story, right? I have, I've have clients where, uh, for instance, I have one client who uh, 60% of her inventory came back and said, Hey, she had this limiting belief that in order to succeed, she had to change who she was, that she had to abandon herself. That and and so every single business owner that I I work with, they you know this block inventory comes back. What, what is the real block? What's the underneath the surface? Because it's I guarantee you, it's not money. It's not time. It's not all the tasks on your to do list. or something deeper.
0: Hmm. That makes sense. It's not the symptom. It's the finding the root cause that's the the struggle. Um, no, it's good. Because I, I think we had talked about this maybe the first time we met um, was like the process that I've gone through like over the last couple of years as far as like personal growth and whatnot. And then um, I had talked to a relationship coach just kind of like incidentally and we just like talked about some of that stuff. And I was like uh, – like the inner child stuff, I was like, oh, my God. Like <laughs> – what <laughs> like how because I'm very self-aware I'm reflective I'm obsessed with growing and like I you know so I'm like I what like I've been do- putting myself on the same story over and over again for my whole entire freaking life I'm like mm-hmm. neato sometimes you just need someone to help you like through that so that's why you're here for me um <laughs> But yeah, it's crazy how much that stuff can affect you or just like, that, yeah, like the story that you're living in or the trauma that you've survived and like what that does to you and the the issues that yep. it causes. Because even if you have um, an idyllic childhood, that still does stuff to you. That still yep. causes things later that you don't know mm-hmm. are shaping your view of the world and, and how you react to all the things. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that goes into like, that also goes into little T trauma and big T trauma. Like the story that I shared with you earlier was big T trauma, but I've also Mm -hmm. experienced little T trauma where, you know, um, we're experiencing like just repeated socialization where we're like told, oh, you can't, you know, sit up, dress right, act, you know, act, act like a lady, whatever the story is. Right. And just having those little voices inside your head or from outside of you, that's enough to create that little T trauma of like, I'm not good enough. I'm, you know, and, and that creates a pattern. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I would say too, just to acknowledge that this whole process of like identifying blocks is not like, let me whip myself while I'm down. Let me say like, oh, you piece of shit. Like you, that's why you're failing. Like, this is not what it's about. It's about, um it's about the opportunity to grow. It's about, um. Recognizing too that all of these things on this list, when you when you work that second step of the stress less method, served you at one point. Because mm-hmm. it's all it's survival, point.
0: yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's like it's you protecting yourself, whether you know it or not, from the things yep. in the way that you best know how to, and so. Um, that's what coping mechanisms are and defense mechanisms are and all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, you yeah. got all this because something terrible <laughs> happened, whether it was like you said, big T or little T doesn't matter. Like, it's, and I, I find that a lot of times too, like the little T stuff is more insidious and sneaky and you don't know that it's happening because it's the little things, like you said, like um, be, be quiet. You're too much. Girls are supposed to do X, Y, or Z, or um, you don't want whatever it is. Like that's, that's what's in my head too these days. But yeah, um, yeah, those things are just like that, and you're like, oh dang, dude. That's why I apologize for myself all the time. And I don't mm-hmm. need to. I don't have to apologize yep. just for existing. <laughs> you know? Yep. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, it's a survival thing. So
1: Yeah. I mean it served stuff. us at one point. It doesn't serve us now. And that's where you know it it now it's the opportunity to say, wait a second, you know, this doesn't serve me now. I can make the shift. The other thing I just wanted to talk about just because it reminded me what you were mm-hmm. sharing reminded me of something that I've been kind of studying is that this is really like, um, I guess, let me back myself up here. One of the things that I teach in with my clients and my community is the difference between the ego and our intuition. Or, mm-hmm. you know, depending on your language, like the ego mind and your soul or your spirit or your authentic self or however you want to word it, right? But mm-hmm the ego and your intuition, they're both guidance systems. They're not bad, right? But your intuition is the guidance system that's always there for you, no matter what. It's like, um, the GPS in, in the car, right? It's, it's there for you along your entire journey. It's saying turn right in 300 feet, right? It's always (laughs) guiding you. Um, so many of us though, have gotten, disconnected from that ongoing guidance system of the intuition so we're turning up the music to ignore the gps we're like goodness gracious siri shut up and we're turn- we're muting her right and we're ignoring the intuition and that guidance system that's supposed to be there for us the whole way through and then on the flip side we have the ego and the ego is also a guidance system but the way that i would um compare it to is it's like the Gosh, the fire alarm in a building that's like, okay, well, you're not going to listen to the GPS that's saying, go down the hall, go out and get outside because there's a fire in here, right? The ego mind's like, get the fuck out right now. (laughs) Like, you're going to die, right? And so many of us have ignored that intuition or authentic self or whatever you want to call it, that guidance system for so long. That all we have is the ego mind. All we have is fear. All we have are the emergency notifications. And that's what leads us to the place, especially in business, where we're just pushing, 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 task after task. Because our ego mind's telling us if we don't do something, we don't know the answer, right? Because we're not listening to our intuition. But if we don't do something, things are going to fall apart.
0: Mm -hmm. No, that's huge. Um, I was just talking about that, I think, literally last night with uh, one of my besties. We were talking about... um trusting your gut and like how the world makes you think that that's crazy also. And like your instincts and intuition. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's like, she's done a lot of work recently on that too, but we were just the, the whole, that whole conversation of like trusting your gut and what's the difference between that and like impulse Cause like impulse control mm-hmm. versus instinct is different sometimes, at least for me anyway, <laughs> I like yeah. to have some impulse problems and I'm, I'm like, Oh, this seems fun. Uh, I was like, that's <laughs> not, that was not your instincts, Kristen. <laughs> that was not what you should have done. <laughs> that was a stupid idea. Um, you should have listened to your actual instincts that were like, you probably know what I do that. Um, I like to go on adventures, you know? So anyway, um, yeah, I think it's super important to, to trust your gut. Cause I know for me, like that's, my instincts are never, ever, ever wrong ever mm-hmm. like they are mm-hmm. never wrong um and that was one of the things too with like the inner child stuff she's like the eight-year-old girl inside you, or whatever age you know um she always knows and you keep ignoring her and you know and she's mm-hmm. trying to tell you and be like dude don't do it again like come on mm-hmm. <laughs> um and uh yeah so really just trusting that um aspect in all aspects of your life i think is important um it was like connecting those dots for me too so yeah it's hard yeah I'm still not great at it all the time either because sometimes I'm like, I really want to do this thing. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> it can be hard
1: to, to differentiate too mm-hmm. uh, between the ego mind and the intuition. And that's part of the training process, especially in business. Cause you have, you know, the fear just to bring money forward, right? Like the fear around money. And sometimes your intuition tells you to do something that makes no financial sense whatsoever and your ego minds will like do this, this, and this marketing activity and you'll get the money you want, but your gut knows, right? So it's this, mm-hmm. it can be hard. You're like, well, wouldn't my intuition tell me to do these marketing tasks, right? Mm-hmm. Or so it can be a really confusing place. It's a practice.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, um, I have that similar struggle sometimes with like the difference between self-care and self-sabotage and which we had talked mm-hmm. about, and I'm sure we'll get into it at some point in time, like, <laughs> <laughs> like hashtag real talk, but yeah, it's it's uh getting back to the the core of yourself and trusting what's actually right is is tough. Yeah. So that makes sense. That was a good call out. Um, what was it, ego versus intuition or instinct? Yeah. Okay.
1: Either either one, yeah. It, it's all linguistics, you know, use whatever yeah. language works for you.
0: Yeah. So is the ego kind of like lizard brain sort of? Like where it's just totally. like let's get out of the building. Okay. Or, like, this creepy guy walking down the sorry creepy person camp, you know, (laughs) statistically, it's a creepy guy. Sorry, everyone. Um, coming down me or coming down the sidewalk at night, I'm like, uh,
1: (laughs) something bad is going to happen. Yeah. Well, you know, I think like if we're going to get into the depths of that, I would say the ego is a tool that's really been given to us for the physical realm if that makes sense. Uh-huh. So we have like the intuition, which is more like the abstract, the intangible are, you know, the, the floating something inside of us that makes us us. And then mm-hmm. we have the ego. And I think the ego really originally its purpose was to say, okay, you are separate from that tree. Do not walk into that tree or else you're gonna have a big bump on your head. You know, like it really was there to keep us physically safe. And I think mm-hmm. it still is. Um, but I think we've taken some of the ego we've kind of twisted the uses of the ego to to apply it to more abstract things, and I think that's where we run into the problem.
0: Oh, that's interesting. That makes sense because our world has become a lot more complex and theoretically safer in the basic ways that we originally needed to have that protection in place, like you know, pterodactyls or trees mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> <And> now, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now we have like therapy and stuff and that's like a whole different thing too (laughs) but yeah yeah or bears um that's funny no i like that that's a good uh analysis analogy metaphor i don't know
1: something linguistics yeah i
0: always get confused on those ones i'm like it's a story that means a thing okay (laughs) <laughs> anyway, um, so when you're working on like the de-stress part of it all, I guess, like where does that process kind of start? Is it similar to what you were describing as far as like creating the inventory and working through that? Like your your method goes the same regardless, right?
1: Yeah. So it it starts with the first step of the stress less method, which is to manage your energy because mm-hmm. it goes back, you know, it goes back to what I was sharing a little bit earlier, which is. If we're in fight, flight, or freeze mode, if we're stressed out, if we're on the verge of burnout, we've lost our ability to effectively solve problems. And that includes solving the problem of whatever stress is on our plate, whatever stress is in our life. So the first step is to really manage our energy, whether it's through kind of traditional modalities like, uh, you know, meditation, yoga, if it's going to the spa, God love me a spa day, you know, like, (laughs) For real, you know, yep. managing it, it could also go into deeper work, you know, the work that like the block inventory that could be a form of energy management, um, auto rating. I mean, there's so many different tools um, that we could use, but it starts there. And I guess to kind of summarize how I approach energy management with my clients is that we, we all start with creative stress reduction because I think this was the big thing that led me to the work that I do today personally. So creative stress reduction is any activity that gets us out of fight, flight, or freeze mode and gets us into rest and digest mode. So basically we have two parts of the nervous system. One part is in charge of triggering that fight, flight, or freeze. The other part is triggering the rest and digest, which is undoing all the harm that the fight, flight, or freeze did in our bodies. So creative stress reduction gets us out of fight flight or freeze gets us into rest and digest doesn't matter what activity it is so for me it's gardening it's food preparation it's playing with my dog it's going on a walk i mean the 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 list is endless for someone else it may be something else i mean for you Kristen, what what are some things that you enjoy that gets you into that rest and digest mode
0: um I do. I work out a lot. Um, mm-hmm. and I am super active in the outdoors. Uh, so I do golf, hiking, tennis. Um, I like to read, read is kind of my, like, I do that at home. That's kind of my chill because I, I stopped watching TV, yeah. um, during quarantine. Cause I'm like, I can't, this is too much. Like I was, it was mm-hmm. too much. It was becoming a problem. <laughs> I'm like, so I just yep. cut myself off. Cause that's what I seem to do. Um, it works though. It seems to work for me. So yeah. So reading, Outdoors stuff, um, hanging out with friends. I have a lot of like active friend dates. So like I'll go with uh, my best friend and we'll play tennis or I'll go play golf with somebody or something like that. And that's kind of like a two for one for me. Yep. So
1: totally. Yeah. So it starts, it starts with creative stress reduction. And then I will put an asterisk on that for your listeners, which are that, which is that creative stress reduction can be anything, but before we engage in it, we have to ask ourselves two really important questions. So first and foremost, is this activity even going to get me into rest and digest mode? And second, is this activity numbing or nurturing? So am I, you know, turning on Netflix to avoid all of the stress of my business or the worries or my relationship or whatever the hell is going on? Or am I turning on, I love Friends, I'm guilty of the good old sitcom, right? Am I turning on one episode of Friends to get my nervous system calmed down to activate rest and digest with a deadline to get back to work to resolve the problem at hand, right? I'm nurturing myself so I can return to, to the work, the deep work, whether it's in our personal lives, professional lives, or otherwise, versus numbing, which is avoiding, which creates more stress in the long run. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. We, um, I feel like I just, I did just talk to you. Right. I'm like, I feel like we just talked about some of this stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then I've, I've talked to my uh, best friend too. We were just talking about a lot of this stuff too. So it's all kind of like in the same vein, right? Like I feel like the learning and growing process kind of takes, uh, for me anyway, it takes a lot of like talking and reflecting and like talking through it with different people Mm -hmm. who like get different perspective. I'm like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Like, you know, different things click, but the um, the thing, and this is why I stopped watching TV, any kind of streaming stuff, um, is because I wanted to be more intentional about the time that mm-hmm. I was spending. And that's kind of to your point. Um, it would be like I would turn on Netflix or God, Amazon, Hulu, whatever, because I like watched all the shows. Like we're in quarantine, what the hell am I going to do? <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'd be sitting there like scrolling on my phone, and then like five hours goes by, and I've watched an entire season of something. And I'm like, this is not like, this isn't, it's not, it's more like the numbing thing, like you were saying. And then um, the other thing that that made me think of too, is when we were talking about whatever I saw, I think I saw it on TikTok. (laughs) It's where I get all my information Uh, on almost everything Um, (laughs) was somebody said, are you relaxing or are you just, it wasn't disengaging, dissociating. It's like, Mm. are you relaxing or dissociating? And I was like, oh shit. I think I actually do that. Cause I, I'm like, I don't like, I can't do there's certain, like, I just can't work on Saturday, Sunday. I have a hard time responding to text messages sometimes, especially when I'm super burnt out from the week. I'm like, Hmm. <laughs> okay. So it's not me taking a self-care day. It's me just like dissociating from the world and completely shutting down. I was like, that's different. Okay. <laughs> that hits a little different. Yep. Um, yeah. So I totally, that like super resonated with me too. The whole, yeah. Are you just shutting down and Zoning out because you don't want to deal with any of the other stuff. Because you're right, I don't feel great after that. Like the Monday comes around Mm -hmm. or the end of Sunday, I'm like, man, I'm a piece of crap. That was not fun. Yeah. And it,
1: well, it's, it's like, you know, I used to do this all the time. Like I would, um in my younger days on the weekends i would go out drinking uh as i got older it would be just sit on the couch don't talk to me don't talk to me you better leave me alone kind of vibe (laughs) like fuck off yeah Uh, bitch don't kill my vibe kind of thing yeah Uh, i'm I'm
0: drinking my glasses of wine (laughs) glasses
1: yeah Yeah. (laughs) like mm. but um and yet every monday would come and i would be like can I have a vacation from my vacation? Can I have time off to recover from my time off? And I would <laughs> yeah. look at my time off, right? Like I would look at my time off and I'd be like, well, what were you doing? Like you were sitting on your ass watching Netflix. Like what? Why? And that's mm-hmm. where, that's where the the deep thinking goes in where you're like, okay, actually, I didn't, I didn't nurture any part of myself. I did. I just disassociated. I was just numbing because I couldn't handle the thought of thinking these thoughts of of worrying about work or worrying about the business or worrying about whatever anymore. I just couldn't. And so my, my mind just went into fight, flight, or freeze mode and disassociated. Mm -hmm. And then that's where you go into like the conscious work of saying, okay, I nothing wrong with Netflix, nothing wrong with, I love Mm -hmm. cookie dough. Talk about food. People do this with food all the time, right? Nothing wrong with cookie dough, nothing wrong with Netflix on my end of the spectrum there is something wrong with numbing. And so it's, am I, how, why am I doing this? Am I doing this to nurture? Or am I doing this to numb? And so it it goes back to binging a whole series of friends for me, a whole season of friends for me versus watching one or two episodes with the intention of doing something like nurturing myself so I can return, mm-hmm. return in my strengths, return present, return from rest, you know, in a rest and digest mode.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's super important because, um, yeah, like you said, like people love uh, watching TV shows. There's people who like just that or movies or it doesn't matter, like video games, things that are sometimes like, Anything. you know, yeah. they get a hard knock because they're like vegetative. But it's the, yeah, if you're just doing it to like check out, then it's not great. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Like if I just doesn't play golf every play. day. Yeah. Look,
1: I mean, some I used to run to disassociate. You know, Mm. totally would, I would go and run, I'd go on 13 mile runs and the world would cheer me on. And yet at the end, I'd be like, for what? You know, if Mm. I got the runner's high, but it didn't recharge me, right? Yeah. Runner, runner's high a hundred percent, but 13 miles for no reason. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) And so we, we have to kind of consider too, like, why are we doing this? what's the intention to begin with because you can i i remember i will never forget um i don't know if it was an interview or i saw it on tv oprah talking about uh how she had a real problem with almonds and back when i saw that i was like oprah having a problem with almonds i wish i had a problem with almonds <laughs> yeah, right. you know right <laughs> like screw you but it was it's the, it's the same thing it doesn't matter if it's almonds or if it's you know cookie dough. If it's, if it's Netflix, if it's wine, it doesn't matter if it's running. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's healthy, considered by society, healthy or not unhealthy. It's how we engage with it. Mm-hmm. Mic drop.
0: <laughs> Just um, go
1: walk away now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's good work. Um, but no, I mean that does, that, that happens with like fitness too. Like a lot of people that, um, you do the whole, you know, lifestyle changes, start lifting and stuff. And then it's, um, it becomes, something else. And there's lots of people who do it for healthy reasons, whatever. I like to think I am one of those people. Uh, it's a slow process. But um, um, one of my other bestie was talking about that with me at some point in time, how she was like, I'm pretty sure I had, um, it's called orthorexia, where you're just like obsessed with working. It's like a different kind of um, like body dysmorphia type of mm-hmm. disorder because you're just I- doing it like um, mm-hmm. you know, waking up at 3 30 in the morning to lift every day and eating like an incredibly strict diet. Um, and it was like it was kind of like she's like, mm-hmm. What the fuck am I doing with my life? Yep. <laughs> says, yep. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Like being strong is awesome. Like she loves that part, but um, there was so many other things that went behind it that yep. she didn't realize Ex- that kind of snuck up on her.
1: Totally. Exercise bulimia is a huge thing that I've been mm-hmm. seeing. Um and in many of the conversations because we're we're taught that these things that are deemed healthy are healthy regardless, like no matter mm-hmm. what. And it's just not the case. And I think that's the awareness. I think you're, you're bestie having that kind of connect in. It was like, what, wait, what? Like taking a step back was huge, is mm-hmm. huge because it, it is like, why am I doing this? What am I doing this for? Yes. I like the results. Yes. I get, you know, probably all this praise on social media. if She posts a gym selfie, <laughs> whatever. But like, yeah. why am I really doing it? Am I doing it for me? Am I doing it to nurture or is there something else? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, now I even have to think about that sometimes too, cause I, I will post stuff on my social media. I don't do it a, a, like a lot. It's not like I post every single day on a, really anything that I do, but with like the workout stuff, I'm like, Hey, it's more of a, um, and this is where some of my imposter syndrome comes into is like, I want to post it to be like, Hey, look, like I can do it. I believe in you. You can do it too. And one of the last posts I did that was like lifting related, it was like a picture of my alarm clock and it was a four 30 in the morning. I'm like, Hey, the days when it's harder to get out of bed, feel the best when you're done. Um, and then a couple people commented and they're like, I was going to get my workout today, but now I'm not. So thank you. <laughs> and I was like, mm. okay. I mean, that's really what I want. You know, I wanted to be like, <laughs> Hey, like you can, you can do the thing, like it, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be, you know, lifting weights or whatever, but mm-hmm. whatever the thing is like, um, cause it's hard sometimes but yeah. uh Let's i have to be careful thing. to not do oh, uh like too much for the validation because um i have mm-hmm. the thing too where i like it when people tell me i did a good job and then i get the little the dopamine and then i don't mm-hmm. do the thing anymore because i'm like well someone already told me good job for doing it so i'm good mm-hmm. <laughs> i yeah. don't have to keep working well, out <laughs> i
1: mean if, if we talk about just that post where where you inspired people i think that's like you know hey Nurturing ourselves isn't always the easiest option, not always the easiest, yeah. but it is the thing that is worth it the most. And versus, you know, posting something, we this is, I think, going on a little tangent here, but like, versus <laughs> posting something where there is no, like, this isn't about me nurturing myself. This is about, hey, look, I did 4 30 a.m. and y'all are in bed, get your shit together, you know, like, yeah, it, yeah. it's different. It's the validation versus, like, we're in this together. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. Let's nurture ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you can do hard hard things too. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: But, yeah. No, that's good. Rabbit trails are good. Um, So what do you think is the most important step someone can take towards reducing stress and living a happier and more harmonious life as an entrepreneur?
1: I think – I think it's just managing energy is the very first step and we can't do much without it. Um, and I think um, I guess I want to add a little caveat on this. Cause I, there is some repetitiveness to this. And that's because I just so deeply believe in the process um, is that, you know, managing our energy is it, Well, I'm going to acknowledge that I've lost my train of thought. I'm going to have to come back. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's cool. I got you. (laughs) That happens all the time. Yep.
1: Yep. It's gone. I'll, I'll grab it whenever it comes back. It'll come back.
0: Yeah. We'll just like, you know, going around the carousel, grab that golden ring, baby. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that. That's like when you're doing like an interview and you're like, oh my God, I'm supposed to be answering this question. (laughs) What was it? (laughs) i'm like halfway through my like, explanation i'm like uh, fuck it's <laughs> happened to me more than well, once
1: it's gone it's yeah gone.
0: yeah uh would well, you want me to do next next question and then we can come back around if it pops back in
1: yeah let's Kay. do that
0: okay <laughs> um it's see gone. everyone it's we're gone. all human yeah uh so let's see um what do I want to ask you next? Oh, so how does someone know that they're working with a coach who knows what they're doing and isn't going to make things worse? Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, finding and or vetting a possible coach, because I'm sure you would agree that that's it's a fairly saturated and unregulated industry.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, what a what a can of worms and yet what, a, what an important <laughs> conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think w- totally un- unregulated industry, depending on the state that you live in, Um, and even, uh, just acknowledging that certifications don't always mean squat. Uh, they don't always mean anything. They just mean that these folks, uh, this, this goes with, uh, therapists too. And that's a bold statement on my part, but, Mm -hmm. um, just because someone has a certification doesn't mean that they are qualified to support you. Um, and so I think across the board, first and foremost, you're looking for, um, whether or not you resonate Do you even resonate with what this person is saying? Um, Are you like energetically pulled towards them? Because if you're repulsed or if you're not even energetically pulled toward them, then you are, that's easy. You're like, follow the intuition, follow the gut feeling, whatever. And just that's it. They're not a good fit. Um, I think a a red flag in terms of of working with a coach is a coach that doesn't um, allow you space to decipher, decide for yourself. So there's there's you know really wonderful coaches out there that will tell you this is the way to do sales this is the way you're going to market your business this is the way you know you got to do speaking engagements to get clients or whatever they'll tell you you Facebook ads are the thing that are going to fix your business whatever like those people I'm very very weary of because the reality is is that we live in a complex world going back to the complexities that we talked about earlier so anyone that's really saying like it's it's my way or the highway, really skeptical of that. Now on the flip side, having someone who knows what they're talking about, that has the the tools and the skills, that's a great coach. But you combine that with create having them create the framework or the groundwork for you as a as an individual to decide in this framework, what works best for me? Uh, So for instance, to give you context, the concept of creative stress reduction, I tell you creative stress reduction works, I fully and wholeheartedly believe that but I'm not telling you, go meditate, go do Reiki, go to go to therapy, go do this. I'm not telling you to do something specific, because it's up to you to do the work to figure out exactly what works for you. So I'm holding the container, you're deciding. Same thing goes with um, the block inventory. I could say, oh, your problem is you have limiting beliefs around money. I don't know that, right? Holding the container for, to say, uh, here's, here's how you can figure out what you need to do. And I think some of the best coaches in the industry are going to support you. They have the groundwork. They have the framework. So you're not just going in blind, but they also allow you the agency, the freedom, the independence to say, like, we're equals and you figure out, figure out what you need to figure out on your end. To, to survive, to thrive, to, to get to the next level.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, because that's actually what I was going to bring up is the whole, like the, um, Oh my God. Creative stress,
1: creative stress reduction
0: reduction. I was like, God, it's all gone. We got so, something's wrong with our Wi-Fi, I think. I'm sure that's what it is. <laughs> it's like deleting it things yeah, from totally. our brain. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the thing that I like about it is that it's like, hey, like here's the, like you said, the container, the framework, the structure for like the process that you've built out. And then it's up to each person to come up with their individual stuff. And that's one of the things that I don't like about coaching or like influencer land. Um where it's like, you have to do it my way or you'll fail or you have to do it this mm-hmm. way or you'll never see success. And I'm like, that's absolute bullshit. Like people mm-hmm. create successful businesses all the time, sometimes on accident and sometimes on purpose and sometimes with no strategy whatsoever. And it's like, yeah, yeah would it have maybe been easier? Sure. But like entrepreneur yeah. life isn't easy. That's the whole, like, yeah. <laughs> it's one of the, yeah, the little quirks in there. Um, But yeah, so I think that that is important too. Like the um, avoiding someone who like fear mongers kind of like in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the structure is helpful. Like, there's new, there's new coaches out there who are really good. Um, again, my bestie and I were just talking about this yesterday too. The whole people who have that kind of like innate you're either a coach or you're not. Like, I think there's some like you can do, like, if you gave your method to someone and said, This is how you teach this method, someone could repeat that process, but that doesn't mean that they have the, the extra, the skills, the intuition, the things that come with uh, Mm -hmm. being a good coach or a good therapist or a good leader or any of those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. Like when you just kind of have that, the little spidey senses and stuff. Um, Not that you can't do it, but again, anyway, I digress, but uh, yeah. um,
1: I think that's a learned skill on, on many fronts. I think um it's not a not a matter of whether or not a coach is is good enough or not good enough. I think it's a matter of where they are at in their journey. I think there's a lot of newbies and I say newbies in a, in a rather than like their first year in but like kind of spiritual newbies if that makes sense like mm-hmm. they haven't done their own personal work to get in touch with ego versus intuition. they haven't done their personal work to separate you from paying their rent. They haven't done, you know, like there's Mm. just, everything's too intertwined. And then that's when you really know, like this person hasn't, they're not in the place to hold space for me because they're not able to detach. So you can tell in the sales process, uh, whether or not it's a good fit. You can tell in just having one coaching call, uh, if they've got the oomph, the juice, the intuition that you were talking about, there's just so many ways. And I would say, um, if you can find, tune into your intuition or that gut feeling about whether or not a coach is a good fit. That's going to be your, your, you know, it's going to be a really good starting point for you to make a decision as to whether or not you want to work with somebody.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's huge. Just talk to people. And if you're gonna, if you're gonna work on boundaries at any point in time, that's the place to just, if it's not a yes, then it's a no. Like, Don't Mm -hmm. feel like you have to work with someone. Don't let someone pressure you because some people are very salesy and will pressure you into trying to do stuff and other people aren't. They'll just, the people that want to work with you want to work with you, right? Yeah. I mean,
1: I think, I think it's interesting, like just my own personal journey. Like if you would have met me six years ago, I would have been that person on the phone trying to get you to, to buy the same day. No, like that is a part of my history and that's part of my learning process. But that is also coming from a place of hiring a fear-based coach, hiring a coach that told me it's her way or the highway, right? I did, uh, I invested, I think, $15,000 in her. So if, if what she said was wrong, oh my God, my ego mind was gonna lose lose its literal mind. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, keeping that and keeping in mind that everyone's in, in their their growing process, including including your coaches um Mm -hmm. but acknowledging too that the boundaries right if it's not a solid yes then it's it's a no um i think that's a huge huge great piece of advice for folks around hiring somebody and then i would also say again like the the here's the framework you decide the equal partnership is huge in coaching versus this like power dynamic of like i told you you have to do something Mm -hmm. or else you're gonna fail it's bullshit
0: yeah yeah I totally agree. Because um, the lesson doesn't stick the same way either. Like it's mm-hmm. if if you're just telling someone how to do the stuff, and especially when it starts to not work, then you lose all of your credibility pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. When it's like, well, I tried mm-hmm. this and it didn't work, and they're like, well, did you try it hard enough? <laughs> did you spend well, enough no. money on your Facebook ads, whatever? And it's like, mm, I think you're full of shit, yeah. homie. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I had a, I had an experience like this a few years ago. I was working with this coach. and She had mini me's, and I was on one. Of, I was on a coaching call with one of her mini me's, and I I was like, look, I've I did the sales process. I've did the marketing to the T. I've done this. I've done that. I've done this. Like, I don't know why I'm not making the money I'm supposed to make. And this coach, deadass said to me, "Um, you just need to be patient." I was like, "Is is two years not patient enough for you?" <laughs> just like deadass and it it was but that's the credibility. That was the loss. Mm -hmm. Like it was just, this doesn't work. It doesn't work for the way that I'm supposed to operate. And I never had, uh, uh, and that was my kind of, I gave my autonomy away or my agency away, but the coaching relationship didn't allow for space to grow. Didn't allow Mm -hmm. for me to say, well, this isn't working. So let me do something differently. And I think that's really, it's happening too much in the coaching industry. It's a dangerous place to be in, especially when your business is your livelihood.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people, but then I think a lot of coaches take courses or classes or they learn a strategy from like people who teach that style, you know? So it's like, Hey, if you do this, cause it's basically sales to some degree. And the people that are mm-hmm. like charge $15,000 for your coaching program, which I mean, good for people who do that. And I think that that's fine. Um, if you can back great. it up and <laughs> if you have some, yeah. yeah. Right. Like this. Is- sure. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah. Do it. That is not currently what I charge for my shit. But uh, (laughs) yeah, so anyway, um, no, that's good. That's good information and advice and perspective because it's scary and I think it's important. The number one thing that people recommend, so one of the questions that I'm going to ask you here in a few minutes is uh, what advice would you give fellow business owners? And a lot of people, probably 90% of the guests so far are like hire a coach, period, sooner. Mm -hmm. Hire a coach sooner than you think you should um, because... It will change your, but hire the right coach. So um, hire the right
1: coach. Don't just like go out looking for a spare change. Yeah, coach. yeah, <laughs> yeah. the right
0: and one. and you don't have to spend fifteen thousand dollars. Like if you can't afford that, like find somebody who meets you where you're at, and you can. Sometimes you change coaches, just like you change relationships or friendships as you grow and evolve as mm-hmm. a person. Like you can, yep. you're not stuck with the same person for ten years. Like you can sign a, yeah. and honestly, if they won't let you sign. A, a, like something that's comfortable for you then that's a no also like if you're like hey i'm only mm-hmm. comfortable with like 3 months for now um till we like figure out if this is going to work or if, how we connect and everything then <sighs> anyway sorry um i feel like we go <laughs> for a while on that <laughs> like um we'll vet your people that'll be a service that we offer <laughs> it's like send <laughs> us your coach and we'll interview him for you before you <laughs> um but yeah so <clears throat> what's what are some of the, or I guess um, maybe kind of describe how you work with people because you kind of started to talk about some of that at the beginning and, um, like what's your process? So like with me, say like what, how does that look? What's the framework?
1: Yeah, I mean, so we can start at the very beginning. Um, I know you and I were introduced, so we hopped on the phone, um, having no idea that we were going to work together. <laughs> so we connected. <laughs> yeah. I think we um, also then-
0: side note, we're like, why are we talking? Like, who did? how did we find each other? And then you like pulled up your email and you're like, Oh, Christine. And I was like, Oh, that's right. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah,
1: totally. That connection call started off very organically. We were like, (laughs) we're here, but why? Um, don't know. Um, so we were lucky enough to be introduced. Uh, so in, as a listener, your introduction would be basically this podcast. That's how you would find out about me. Um, and then from there I, I asked Kristen, I was like, what does it make sense? does it make sense for us to have a conversation to see how I could support you? And, uh, we hopped on a stress assessment, um, and we dug deeper. Um, and based on our conversation, I sent Kristen home with an exercise and she got to, to step into that and connect in and that, um, just to talk about sales and how we, how I do things differently. I'm on that first call. I'm not selling you nothing, not selling you anything. I send you home uh, with an exercise or something, depending on what we talk about, you get my pro- my programs, my pricing, and you get to s- decide for yourself. And then we hop on a phone the phone again and chat some more. Say, hey, here, what did you take from this exercise? Even if it's a a no, we still need to process that together because that's that's my role in supporting you to get the support you need. If it's not from me, it's got to be somewhere else, within you or outside of you. So anyway, once we start working together. The the first step, that's where we really go into the stress less method. You know, after orienting you to the technology and to, you know, the the logistical stuff, we go into the stress less method. So for context, the stress less method is five steps. First step, manage your energy. Second step, identify your blocks. Step three, create your plan. Step four, remove those blocks one by one. And step five, embrace grace. So every single one of my clients goes through these five steps. And every single one of my clients also has the understanding that the work that I do with my clients, it's not a one and done. It's not a, here's a three to six month program where I'm going to teach you how to heal everything and fix everything and become totally stress-free and then you're going to be fixed for life. (laughs) No, that's not how life works, right? That's the understanding that this is a journey that this takes time and step 5 is called embrace grace because this is the the point in the process where you're experiencing more you know more emotional freedom than you've ever experienced in your life and you're able to do the deep work over and over and over again. Return to step one if you need to manage your energy because a global pandemic happened and you didn't see that coming, right? (laughs) Return to step two of identifying your blocks because maybe you were single when we first started working together, but now you're in a relationship and all that abandonment stuff is coming up, right? Return to creating the plan. Every one of my clients creates a 30-day plan every 30 days, right? And so it's an ongoing practice, an ongoing process that my clients work through and continue to stick with consistently to get to where they want to go. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to kind of put that asterisk on there that this is not your traditional coaching program. This is not run how typical folks run things. It is following the cycle of reality, which is that we are all on on a journey. And the journey is a spiral, (laughs) It's (laughs) not a straight line. It is a spiral for sure
0: it's never, <laughs> never a straight line now. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's great. It's super helpful. I think it's always nice to be like, kind of talk through like what you actually do. So if people are like, Oh, okay. Like that makes sense. Like it seems like yeah. something that would be helpful. Um, so as an entrepreneur and business owner yourself, what advice would you give fellow business owners when it comes to running their businesses?
1: Uh, it goes back to what I've been saying. I think manage your energy, manage your energy, manage your energy, um, get yourself into rest and digest mode so that you can think clearly in your business. Because if you can't think clearly, you're effectively screwed. Um, just, you know, referencing the pandemic, the, the difference, I think one of the main differences, there are many, but one of the main differences that I've seen between the businesses that thrived through the pandemic and the businesses that didn't do so well is their ability to manage their energy, think clearly and make decisions on the fly. And so if we can manage our energy, that's going to be the biggest piece. And then Second piece, because I don't think you can just manage your energy and be done, is to really do the deep work after you're in rest and digest mode to say, what are what's stressing me out? What's causing grief? And what's really at the root of this? And how can I pull those out so that I don't have to deal with this crap over and over and over again?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it's huge. Uh, and I think you're right, too. Like, there's there was a very clear difference. There were so many businesses where they're just like, yeah, we can't do this. And I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, there's all these things that you could do still or do things differently or change up your menu, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And like you said, some people just absolutely crushed it. Okay. Hold on. What time (laughs) are we at? Okay. Come here. We'll have to edit this piece. Chill out, homie. Um, Okay. So let's see. Uh, What resources do you wish you'd known about or taken advantage of at the beginning of your entrepreneurship journey?
1: It's a great question. Um, I think on a logistical standpoint, um, well, first and foremost, I wish I would have hired the right coach to begin with. I think it would have (laughs) saved me a lot of time and a lot of money. Um, But uh, on on a more logistical standpoint, I I think having an accountant from day one would have been really Mm -hmm. helpful. Um, and also I hired a lawyer. This, this is very logistical, but I hired a lawyer to create my LLC. I don't know why I did that. That was such a waste of money, uh, or an expensive kind of lawyer. Cause I was like, Oh, got to make sure to do this right. That was an ego based mind decision. So I would, I would say like, just get your LLC, do your own paperwork or get somebody who's affordable or someone get another business owner. That's what I would have done. I would have, oh. I would go back. I'd go to another business owner and be like, how did you do this? Can you help me? Mm -hmm. because there was a lot of wasted money on silly things that didn't need money spent on at the beginning.
0: Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. That's actually, that's a good way to put it too. just talk to other one, find other business owners and like make connections and build relationships with them because you never know when you need a mentor for something or just a referral for something too. Um, but yeah, bookkeeper was like the first thing that I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to pay somebody (laughs) for this shit. Um, And yeah, meanwhile,
1: great. I was on, um, what TurboTax, like what, what is that? <laughs> Try,
0: trying know. not to what? weep at your desk. <laughs> like, come on. Uh, what? yeah, totally. Yeah. Bookkeeper and accountant. They're not as expensive as you think, especially if you don't have employees and you don't have a lot going on. If you're a brand new business, like mm-hmm. you don't have as many expenses. Cause that's basically what yep. it's all related to is time. Time is money for accountants and attorneys and people like that. Um, yeah. On the attorney thing too, you may also be able to find somebody that will do something pro bono. Sometimes yeah. um, there are attorneys out there, or there's lots of ladies uh, in, like in Polkadot that I've met too, but locally as well that do like pre-made forms and stuff. Where it's like, hey, you can yep
1: instead of mm-hmm. having
0: to pay for mm-hmm. my actual services yeah. one-on-one, here's this stuff. So
1: that's yeah, a I've big seen thing. A- i seen in my community of like different networking groups that I've been a part of there, there are lawyers now that just sell you their templates. Like yeah. if you want a contract for a client, they'll be like, it's a hundred bucks, grab it. Yep, and, and that's a deal. You know, I know when you're first starting out in business, you're like, Oh, you know, m- money, but like, it's a deal. Um, same thing goes with, is it Sherry Andrews? Uh, she's a polka dot. Like she's a, in a PA, she's the East coast PA, Maryland, who knows what else? I don't know is, but... her.
0: Um, Lisa Sigmund is, uh, she's over there. I think she's also in Boston or wait, are you in Boston? Where are you? She's in Boston. I'm you're in, Boston? I'm in
1: Philly. Oh, you're in Philly. Yeah. Oh my
0: God. Everyone <laughs> I talk to is like, I know on the East coast. I'm like, all I can remember is that the math is really hard to figure out where you are. I'm like, what time yeah. is it? Um, yeah, yeah. Lisa Sigmund and then, um, crap. Who was the other one because I just like- talked to? There's a few. I know
1: Sherry, Sherry Andrews. I don't know if she does templates, but she, she's the most, one of the most affordable lawyers I've come in contact with and her work is incredible. And she doesn't, um, charge hourly. She does something a little different. So you can look for those lawyers that are not charging you hourly or, or charging you for their templates. There's different ways that are outside of the traditional mm-hmm. like way. Like subscriptions to-
0: is mm-hmm. also a thing. Yeah. I talked to another gal, um, she's local and she does subscriptions, so it's more expensive yep. than like rocket lawyer but you get a one-on-one with an attorney. I think she does like once a month and she also does a couple of other things inside of that. So there are a lot mm-hmm. of um attorneys for sure that are doing things like that where it's like it's not just yeah. the traditional like 500 bucks an hour or 300 if it's my PA like <laughs> you can mm-hmm. or paralegal. Yep. Um yeah, so no definitely I think it's a good. Good call. Yeah. Um, so uh, tell us how we can best support you. How do we internet stalk you? What are you working on? How do we find you? <laughs> so
1: many questions. I know. Um, so you can find me at the Stressless Co. Basically anywhere on social. Um, if you're feeling like this, like the energy vibes, and you want to explore working together, um, what you'll want to do is submit an application at stresslessco.com/slash/apply. And you'll fill out that application. I'll review it within uh, 48 business hours and get back to you if it's a good fit for working together. And uh, how can you support me on the internet? I would say I have um, a conference coming up in October, on October 1st, called Selfish Philly. And it's basically the self-care conference for women in the Philadelphia area, East Coast even, you could say. And so if you're in this area, I'd love to meet you in person. Um, And if you know people in this area, shout it out. You can follow us at Selfish Philly on Instagram.
0: Nice. That'll be cool. I'll have to check that out. I saw that in your uh, notes to me the other day and I was like, oh, I've got to go look at this first. Um, (laughs) Very cool. Well, I am glad that we connected for so many reasons. And thank you for coming on my podcast and hanging out with me.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I will talk to you soon.
1: All right.